Hello and welcome back to You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we have Jack on, who is a bartender, brand ambassador. He works for an incredibly famous gym brand, actually. Um, hi, Jack. How are you? Hi, Dan. Yeah, lovely to meet you. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you actually do? Absolutely. And also, hello, Julie. Sorry. I just Hi, no worries. Good to meet you too. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am a, a brand ambassador for, for a big um, global gin brand, which is definitely very entertaining. Um, keeps me very busy and it's really fun. I've been in the hospitality industry for about 16 years now. So kind of started off um, in the club scene, moved into into bars and fell in love with service. I've worked in restaurants and nightclubs and I've worked in Australia, New Zealand, London. Um, so I've had a, have a, had a fun career and now I've kind of settled down to the uh, corporate side of the hospitality booze industry um, with, with this corporate company. Awesome. So how did you sort of get started in this? What did you do at school? Did you always know you want to go into it or, or is it something you fell into? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't met a single person in my industry that said, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely one of those roles um, that's like a, a really noble working class role. And um, I think um, when I was at school, you know, I went to a good school, um, I had good grades and I I didn't know what I wanted to do as, as most young people, you know, haven't got a clue, mm. but I, I ended up going to university because I wanted to kind of pursue higher education. Um, and I ended up getting a degree in business management, which was, you know, vague enough for me to keep my options open. <laughs> um, and, and like most students, you know, I had to subsidize my, uh, my, my frivolous partying life. So um, I, I got a job in, in the club sector and I was kind of a, a club promoter, um, kind of getting paid for every person I would kind of get into the club. So I was having like guest lists and whatnot. And uh, that kind of evolved naturally. I'd see the guys working behind the bar and think, you know, that looks a lot, a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. And um, working indoors in a warm bar versus outdoors in Leeds during winter definitely <laughs> where I wanted to go so I kind of um there's a funny story there but I ended up getting a job behind behind the bar and not knowing anything about making drinks but I knew about you know what my personal strengths were which was like with people Mm. and so anyone can really be a bartender um or a server as long as that they're really willing to be sociable and 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 to kind of put someone else in front of them is it's like a really strange feeling to serve someone um you know service is all about you know getting rewarded mm. personally out of making making someone else enjoy themselves i i guess um, the the bartenders at your kind of level and you know the brand ambassador at your level it's all about personality and it's it's almost an art form isn't it you know creating the drinks in front of people yeah definitely and i mean that's a really re- rewarding part of it the, the creativity but when you start you know you definitely you definitely have like an element of creativity because you're mixing probably really bad drinks on the fly. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think when you start, the focus is more on like um, the environment, like it's really, really fun. Mm. Um, and as a, as a young person wanting to kind of earn money and, you know, and you enjoy your social life, suddenly you're, you know, you're 20 something. Well, I started when I was, when I was 18 
and um, you're out in a bar and there's loud music and people having a good time and it's so much fun. And that's, mm. I think that's what draws you to it immediately at the start. And then it kind of evolves and um, you realize you can make a career out of it and you, you look at the potential options and, you know, one route is like the mixology route, which is kind of where I went, which is, you know, really getting into the art and craft of cocktails really nowadays the bartender is definitely kind of being elevated to a status akin to a chef in certain, mm. certain areas and yeah and some some salaries even reflect that because wow. um, so, you, you, yeah, you won a world-class bartender of the year didn't you uh, at some point somewhere? yeah yeah there was um it's a competition that happens every year so there's about ten thousand bartenders that enter globally in wow. 55 countries so i I represented Australia, so I won that part of it. And then I went to the global finals. I didn't win, but I placed third. So that was really wow, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. And it definitely opens your eyes to the wider community um, globally. Uh, just how many different types of people there are all doing the same thing. And to be in a room with all these incredibly passionate people, it, it's, it's so cool. Because that was five years ago now. And I still know most of the... 50 odd bartenders I competed against and you know occasionally I've met up with them if I've visited their countries and I've had some stay with me and I've stayed with some so it's like this little this little community which is lovely oh that's really good um so how did you move on from uh bartending to more the mixology side because obviously I know when I'm uh, in a club or something generally the bartenders have pre-mixed cocktails but then you go to quite a an upmarket bar the cocktails are main in front of you and it's it's you can see the difference in in level really yeah i, I think um so it's all about kind of like um once you realize you want to commit to it um instead of it just being like a part-time role to make a bit of extra money that's when you you really need to go and kind of seek out your own career path you can't become like a, a um i'm going to keep using the word mixologist because it differentiates no that's fine within, yeah, in this room. It's not, it's not a term I actually use to describe myself because I quite like how humble the term bartender is. But I think in this context, it's, it's relevant. But um, I feel like, yeah, if you want to kind of get to that stage, you need to really do your own research as to what kind of bars and restaurants support that kind of drink making or that kind of program. And, and then you need to go after it and really kind of, um, uh, you know, find a mentor who's willing to teach you because there are courses you can do. Um, back in, oh God knows, long time ago, I did, a, I did an international bartending course, which kind of taught me some basics. But um, most people don't do them and they're really um, not as necessary as people think. The best thing to do is to find a place you'd love to work in some way that you think is way beyond your current capabilities and go in with your CV and just bother them every day until they're willing to give you a job, um, you know, as a bar back kind of polishing glasses and supporting the senior bartenders. And then you, you, you learn so much by doing that, by being in that environment and then so you naturally would, progress. Would that be sort of high end hotels, um, top level restaurants in the cities? Uh, yes. is that what we, we're talking about? So, I mean, I mean, it's a really varied industry. You can get like the highest level quality cocktails in the most obvious places, as you can imagine, like yeah, fancy hotels and really great restaurants, Michelin star restaurants, all that kind of stuff. But I think um, you could, you know, there's also incredible places making drinks that have got much more humble origins, like neighborhood cocktail bars. Mm -hmm. Um, 
often people want, a, you know, bartenders, high level bartenders want a break from that formal service and they go and open their own really casual environment bar. And I think a really good example of that in London is like East, the East London cocktail scene is super fun and super relaxed, but really high quality in terms of the product. Mm, yeah. Um, and outside of London, you know, uh, I know, I know the Leeds market well, and you've got amazing establishments like, like Jake's and, and Watermark, which are like really relaxed, um, fun, lively environments, but the level of drinks that are being produced are, are really high quality as well. And over the last couple of years, I think, uh, high level right that sort of cocktail drinking and mixer drinking has sort of gone up particularly with the gin boom um, yeah, and, uh, different mixer companies coming out um yeah i definitely think it's it's going up and up and the company the bars and restaurants that do the better quality cocktails do stand out i can certainly in my local town and city i know the ones that do the good cocktails and those that don't yeah, it's kind of like every every establishment um, out there serves a purpose, right? Um, I love I love the pub. I've got a love affair with oh, it. Yeah. As most, yeah, me most too. Do. Um, you know, but I wouldn't go to a pub and order a cocktail because I really want a delicious Guinness, for example. Um, so, so I think it's all about time and a place. Um, yeah, and I actually don't drink that much anymore nowadays because that's um, that's a difficult part of the industry that I'm sure we'll kind of get onto. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is your sort of average day like as a as a mixologist um so at the moment um my role is kind of evolving but now i'm kind of like the head head of advocacy for great britain so what that means is my my job is to um take the brands that, that we that we have under under our belt and um find out the best way to communicate them to bartenders um so it's very much like a marketing role and you know, I'm, I'm in a unique spot because I was a bartender for so long. So I kind of know about all that. Um, and also like how, how to better the community, um, you know, how to reinvest into bartenders and it, booze brands reinvest millions and millions of pounds globally um, back into um, educating and upskilling bartenders because obviously it serves them a great purpose by making mm. sure the industry and, and the quality is getting, um, getting raised. And the, the, imp- the rise in kind of drinking culture is not a coincidence, you know, booze brands like the one I work for have been pumping a lot of money into making sure bartenders are better and that better than better at making drinks um, through competitions and awards and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so are you sort of like a, a teacher or educator to these bars of how yeah. best to serve your product? Yeah. Nowadays I am. Nowadays it's rare. I kind of step behind the bar. Um, I don't really do any, any specific shifts unless it's like for an event that we're we're running. So now, now, yeah, my main focus is education and my, I've got a team of, um, of 12 other brand ambassadors that, that work with me and, um, they are probably doing about a thousand trainings a year. Um, so they're, they're just out there educating people about, cocktails and their specific spirits and so yeah there's a lot of education involved so when you're when you're doing this job or when you're a bartender and moving into becoming a mixologist and and now the brand ambassador role what's your average day like you know you are you doing night shifts as a bartender and then you you know you're sleeping in the day How, how does that work yeah, so um, so I guess we'll kind of focus on one area at a time. And as a bartender, it's just very much um, a nocturnal role. 
I mean, you, you can you can get a job somewhere where you get some day shifts, you know, like in a restaurant. But um, most, you know, you are working when other people are enjoying themselves because you know you're, <laughs> you're there to help them do that. Um, and so that can be that can be actually quite taxing. And as a as a young person, it's really fun uh, and really great. And I think that's the reason why people naturally progress to like a brand ambassador role because you can then suddenly stay in the industry that you love. But as you're aging, you don't have to be working every single night. And even yeah. though you're still you know, I would say bartenders work more often than not more hours than standard nine to five, you know, um, 45, 50 plus hours a week. And you can do that from a stamina point of view when you're younger. Um, but, you know, as you age, you just don't want to be in that environment as much. Um, and so it's a natural progression to kind of go into a brand ambassador style um, role as long as you've got, you know, the knowledge to, to, to back it up. So we obviously you spoke earlier about uh, yeah so some personality traits that uh, bartenders have or mixologists have such as uh, you know very determined. Um, uh, what sort of other personality traits do you uh, do you see in yourself and others in the industry that you think? Um, yeah, I think one thing that's really important for um, to get into the industry is you've got to be a grafter. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of parallels with, you know, with, with contractors and, and, and people who, who work in very manual, manual driven roles um, because, you know, it's hard work. You know, you, you do, you do the fun job of making cocktails or, or serving customers and, you know, making them have a great night. But at the end of the day, you've got to get on your hands and knees and scrub the floor and click, take up the bins and yeah, yeah. restock the fridges. And, you know, it, it, it's hard work, but, you know, it definitely keeps you fit. So being a grafter, that it's very, very easy. You know, when I was in when I was in management of bars, it's very easy to see um, who's going to kind of last, and you, within a week you know if someone's kind of got it in them to to to, to put in the graft. Mm. So I'd say like grafting is like one personality trait. Another one would be um, it's just like a love for people. Yeah, <laughs> you really you really yeah. can't you really got to be outgoing. Um, uh, you know, and be just have natural inherent social skills where you make eye contact with people, you shake people's hands, probably not in this day and age anymore, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, give them the old elbow bump. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's in your interest to be that way as well, because, you know, I suppose in the higher end, maybe places you, you're relying maybe on of tips uh, and do you rely on that a little bit? Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, tipping culture is nowhere near as big here as in the States. And I actually really don't enjoy tipping culture because I, I think personally, you should do the best job to your ability, despite, you know, what you're going to get paid. But you know, that's a, a much larger conversation. I think all employers should pay hospitality staff more. Um, you know, they should be taken as far away from the kind of minimum wage as possible. And tips should be outlawed because it's way more black and white for consumers. Um, and I've traveled in the States and I tell you what, I much prefer a, a non-tipping culture. Mm. Uh, but, you know, that's a whole another conversation. But yeah, I just, it is definitely in everyone's best interest to be personable and welcoming and warm because at the end of the day, you know, the reputation of that establishment and your, you know, depends on it. If, if the bar is successful, then you get more shifts. Yeah. You get promotions and you get pay rises um uh, and the culture and everyone has you know 
I've worked in some award-winning bars and I've worked in some not so good bars and, and, and the culture is really different when everyone's like, you know, flying under this one banner of like, wow, we are really good at what we do. Mm. Yeah, it must be, it must be brilliant fun. So that's obviously a lot of teamwork as well involved in the bar industries. So, you know, you've got to be, if you're behind a cramped bar and you've got, you know, 50 people in front of you, knowing what people are doing around you is probably quite crucial as well. Yeah, yeah, um, camaraderie is a really big part of it. And, and the pros and cons of hospitality is that um, there's a lot of incredible people managers out there, but no one, you know, all the best people managers are the ones who have, you know, got a degree in it and um, they've gone into corporate jobs and they've been trained um, to, 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 to best get, get the best out of teams. Whereas in hospitality, you know, there really isn't training for that. And so the people that end up in management, um, you, you get a mixed bag people that are really in love with it and really good with people, but it's always kind of learning on the job of how to best manage a team. And so camaraderie and, and a team culture is a really big thing and it can make or break a venue completely. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's close quarters work. Often it's busy. It can be sweaty. Um, you, you get the most um, ridiculous level of team spirit. Unlike I've ever had in any other job, you, you really have a bond, like a family bond with these people for better or for worse. Um, with all the dysfunction of a family and also <laughs> all of the love as well. You know, you know, when you finish the feeling of finishing a really busy Saturday night shift and the bar is clean and you all sit down for a knockoff and you crack that beer and mm. you'll have a little chat about how then, you know, you don't do that in other jobs. No. Um, and it's lovely. Well, what are some of the biggest positives and opportunities you've got out of this industry? Because we also met, we mentioned you did the competition, you know, you placed incredibly well out of 10,000 people, which is, is mad. And do you travel around the world? I mean, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like when you get to a high level, you have a really good opportunity and like booze brands, like who I work for now, we spend a lot of money on making sure bartenders have a great experience and we pay for trips to distilleries we've got distilleries in mexico and guatemala and ireland and france and 28 in scotland so we do a lot of cool trips and um bartenders that are working in, in some cool bars really get a great opportunity to do that um if you get to like a high level competition stage i mean i've tr i won a trip around the world in 80 bars so i i traveled to 11 countries just oh with my work. god that sounds amazing. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it was really cool. It was really cool. And, you know, I've, that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, I've traveled around the world just by working as well. You know, I've worked in a few different countries and I've now got friends that work in different countries. So it's a yeah. lot easier for me to kind of go there and, and do a couple of guest bartending shifts. So that's like, I guess the biggest positives is just the community. That's all possible because of the community. And, you know, it, it's just lovely. You, you get really amazing memories um but it is definitely like a like a young man's game or young woman's game but you know in my case um it, it you can only do it for so long um until it starts to get um it has the potential to get quite toxic and i guess as natural i don't want to kind of lead it, the conversation for you but i guess the next question is what are the negatives oh yeah what is the more <laughs> less favorable uh, aspects of the industry um I mean, booze, right? Booze is this beautiful, miraculous thing that we all love. Um, and, and, and I love the education and history, but it, it, it's an intoxicant. And um, for so, some people don't have the same strength of will to, to resist 
the negative side effects of it. Um, and I, I've, I've known people over the years who have really suffered from, from kind of getting way too heavily into drinking because of the access to it. Um, especially if you're managing a bar, you know, or you're having knockoffs, you're just in that environment of constantly being around alcohol and it becomes so natural to have, to have a drink every day because you're, you're there, you're pouring it. Like, why wouldn't you just have a quick little, um, a little shot with the team to, um, to boost your spirits, you know, if, uh, and if you think about that, that's not, it's not quite normal, right? Um, having free no. accessible alcohol. So there's a lot of people, you know, like myself, you know, I'm now in my thirties and, um, I've, I, I still drink. I'm not, I haven't gone teetotal and I still enjoy the taste of alcohol and I enjoy the effects, but I'm hyper aware of what it can do because I've seen a, a lot of my dear friends, um, have to, you know, really try to kick it and um it's affected their mood and they've become you know got depression and so it it it's one of those industries that i think nowadays it's it's becoming really positive because um big booze brands are really um acknowledging that the one i work for have got so many campaigns about responsible drinking um and how it should be used for enjoyment uh, which is great. And also there's a huge growing trend of non-alcoholic spirits and uh, zero alcohol beer and stuff. And Yeah, I was going to mention that actually, because I think the generation under certainly me and Julie are maybe less into alcohol than we were and maybe have a better understanding of, okay, maybe we shouldn't go and smash a load of beers, <laughs> you know, just enjoy enjoy a social drink I don't, I, do you see that happening more and more i think that yeah. also comes with the uh also what you're doing and saying that actually drinking is a pleasurable thing you know we're putting these incredible cocktails together it's meant to be enjoyed and tasted and flavored instead of just used as a uh, intoxicant yeah 100 percent. and there is um loads of market research that we as a business we've been looking at and and actually the generation younger than us um definitely drink less um but they also drink more premium so they're not spending less money which is funny they're just paying more money for for less because they want to have a higher quality experience and it's the same thing with the food revolution right everyone's a food blogger now everyone wants incredible food experiences and they travel for it they get you know they go to italy for the pasta all that kind of stuff the same thing applies to booze mm-hmm. and so i think the industry is changing um, non-alcoholic spirits is one of the fastest growing parts of the market. And my company is now no longer a, a, an alcohol company, which is what we used to be called. We're now an adult drinks company because we're selling non-alcoholic alternatives. Okay. So uh, what, what do you think the, the future of this all is then? As if we're moving towards, you're saying people are spending more on less. They want a more premium experience. Is that the way the industry is going? People just drinking less, but, but, but better? Yeah, I mean, you're still always going to have like, you know, your kind of cheap, um, cheap convenience store vodka. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. you're still going to have people that, that, that drink that stuff. Um, but yeah, premiumization is like a rapidly growing trend and there's no sign of it going away. Um, and also, you know, from, from a professional point of view, Bartenders are getting paid more now than they've ever been paid in the past, uh, at least at least in in Europe. I'm not sure about the states. Um, and so, there's so many more opportunities. The amount of um, colleagues of mine that I've grown up with working that are now kind of like 
Instagrammers and um, have got huge followings or they're on TV or, you know, have written books. There's so many multiple revenue streams to come out of it now, aside from just working in a bar. Mm, you uh, we can really like social media has opened up so many opportunities for i think yeah. everyone in every industry especially in something that's like such an art form that mixology is um and that sort of talking about that is, and income wise we have some rough figures but you know you can sort of say yay or nay to for for salary wise so entry levels for bartender mixologists is you're looking at like 15k but then the average is about 32k it, does that sort of line up with with your experiences yeah definitely sorry my son is just um, <laughs> it's all right no problem <laughs> um yeah um no definitely uh, i think nowadays 15k is really really low i mean that's that's to be like your part-time rural pub bartender when you first start maybe okay um i'd say kind of like the starting starting rate for a junior bartender will probably be like 20k um up to 30k even if you're kind of pulling some hours um and then you know kind of getting to like a senior senior bartender mixologist role in, in, in a really great establishment you can earn up to up to 50k a year with tips um, so, so it, it is a really, it, it's it's a really worthwhile living. Mm. And then suddenly, if you get into like a luxury management role, you know, um, like a bar manager of a five star hotel, you know, you can get up up to ninety k easily. So, um, wow, is is that what you were talking about at the beginning? Sort of comparable to top level chefs? Are you you know working alongside them, and you're bringing this extra this extra part to their restaurant? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, I think a lot of restaurants still haven't opened their eyes to to the capability of how much revenue they can earn with a really well curated drinks program to complement the food. Um, but there are there are a lot that have that have taken that on. And you know, one that is a particular note is Hyde um, on in, on Piccadilly in Central London. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful, beautiful fine dining restaurant. Um, and, and and their bar manager Oscar has just really kind of changed the game for how they operate with drinks, uh, and, and the consumers go there now f- as much for the drinks as they do for the food. Wow! Yeah, it's is- sort of like the sommeliers of today, really, aren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah. sommeliers are suddenly so much more interested in cocktails, um, <laughs> which is which is great. There's a lot of kind of crossing over now. So your job description as a as a mixologist or a bartender or you know what you do now is there something that you wouldn't necessarily think was in there but you have to deal with uh, whether it's maybe it's about dealing with your approach to alcohol or you know, what would it be yeah i mean i mean this job i'm in right now is so far out of my comfort zone i've been in role for two years um and it's my first my first foray into the corporate world um you know and as a bartender you can experience that maybe in like uh, hotel chains, but it's still, you're still in service. And so um, I thought I knew everything there was to know about people management because, you know, I've I run bars for years and, and I owned a bar um, in Australia as, as, as a general manager. And I had, you know, a team of 15 that rotated over, the, over a couple of years. And I just thought I had management down. And that's probably why I got the job I'm in today. But I've learned so much more since being here about, 
the intricacies of corporate life and all the other kind of management skills that I just didn't possess because I was kind of in hospitality, you kind of manage, um, I don't know, I felt my management style was very much like a mum, you know, I was like that go-to mm. person. Um, but actually there's really kind of, I was a very emotional manager, should I say. Um, and yeah, I've learned a lot about how to get the most out of people from a technical point of view, just by kind of um, positively manipulating them and developing their careers and kind of setting goals and all that kind of stuff. So that sort before mm. so uh, I, I, you probably get this question all the time but uh, what is your favorite hotel <laughs> i do get it all the time um you know it's such a hard one the the the, the cop-out answer is whatever whatever's in my hand you know, <laughs> but um i guess i really really love a mojito because okay. it's such a basic drink that Classic. is actually i think it's like the third best-selling drink in the uk um and it's so often messed up and a lot of um bartenders who are quite new really hate making it because they think it's really hard to make and the mint is fiddly but actually it's it's one of the easiest drinks to make with the correct training um and it's just so delicious right it's rum it's lime it's mint it's soda on a hot summer's day you can't beat it and uh, if it's not that it's the polar opposite which is probably an old-fashioned Oh, okay. I love an old yeah. fashioned, which is a bit more kind of like stiff and sophisticated. Yeah. And I love whiskey. So mm. I think mine would be a French 75. It's always been my favorite. Oh, delicious. Very classy. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably have to go for a Tom Collins, to be honest. Quite basic, yeah. but really, really refreshing. Yeah. Really refreshing. Um, and, and you can modify it like a million ways. To, you know? Yeah. Actually, everyone uh, will we'll link Jack's uh, Instagram in, in our post, but definitely check it out. You've got some great recipes on there and some um, some really good content. Lots of drinks. Yes. Lots of drinks. Yeah. During lockdown, I've been very busy. <laughs> <laughs> A final question we like to, uh, to finish on uh, is, would you go and do it all again? 100%. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, literally the, the best memories of my 20s you know, the best memories, I wouldn't have wanted to be doing anything else. It was so much fun. Um, and I can't believe I got paid to do it, which is great. <laughs> That's awesome to hear. Brilliant. Well, well thank, thank you, you so much, much for, um, for coming on, Jack. Really appreciate it. It's been really interesting to talk to you. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Thanks, Jack. Cheers. Bye-bye.